Welcome to the Unscripted Podcast, where we chat with some of our pals and industry friends. Today's podcast is brought to you by Script Anatomy, LA's most industry-focused TV writing school, taught entirely by working writers. Script Anatomy students have gone on to win fellowships, secure top representation, and land their first writing jobs on numerous network and cable shows. Be sure to visit their website at scriptanatomy.com. And our guest today is a former creative exec turned lit manager, producer, and VP at Epicenter, Jared Murray. What's new, Jared? Um, you know, just, uh, it's been, uh, we're sort of re- reaching the end of, uh, pitching season, which yep. is, uh, you know, which this year I think w- was, was, was a bit of a, didn't go as well as we hoped. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was, uh, I, I think the, the networks bought a lot less than, uh, someone, someone told me they, uh, networks bought 50% less than what they did last year. So, right. uh, which is a tough climate. I mean, you um, we had uh, we just got a took out a project with Amblin, um, you know, which we thought was which was, a, was a, an amazing pitch with with great with a great uh, pod, and you know, uh, we've we've um, we've had uh, had some trouble with that, and then we we took out another pitch that like we thought was you know uh, was a slam dunk, but you know it's it, nothing's a slam dunk, you know, right? Uh, and um, so we're you know, but it was you know a good year. Uh, good year, all in all, um, and um, you know, but then um, um, you know, we're we're just uh, we got more people staffed than we did last year, and it's, okay. uh, so, but like it kind of hope it kind of evens out. I mean, you're still we still have two more months left, so um, you know, hope, hopefully we'll we'll get some more get some more points on the board. Right. Well, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of sort of film to TV. Re- I don't want to call them remakes, redos, or whatever you want to call them, yeah. like the rush hours and stuff like that, turning mo- and a lot of comic book adaptations, like the Supergirls and stuff like that, instead of buying original material. Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a actually we we have we have one a client on rush hour, which like I'm mm-hmm. not gonna I'm not gonna snub my nose at. Uh, no, I'm not saying that they're uh, bad. Never, no. I'm, yeah, I'm just saying that instead of buying original material, a lot of material that was bought seems to have been a lot of. Uh, you know that ty- that type of stuff is really popular right now. Um, yeah, no, totally. Yeah, um, I mean it's it's always I feel like the those adaptations are always are always have always there's always been an affinity for if you can if you can adapt a a hit movie into a into a series. I mean, I remember uh, I think Turner and Hooch got turned into a TV show Did at, it really? at one point. Wow. Yeah, um, or uh, you know, uh, look who's talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, they're in most of them. Most of them are pretty. Most of them were pretty bad, I think. Mm. But uh, you know, now it's you know because I, 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 I and I get the mentality. It's people want because you're competing for so many eyeballs. Right. You know, it's better. Is is it better to have you know some some pre-existing sell, you know, in the property, you know, but, you know, there's, you know, Minority Report, unfortunately, didn't do, didn't do as well as they hope, you know, it's Steven Spielberg, it's basically right. a huge movie, well, why didn't, why didn't that work, you know, or, and, but the, you know, the biggest show, the biggest show of, uh, of, of last season was Empire, which uh-huh. is not based on anything, right? Um, but it seems like, um, and, and Limitless is doing well, mm-hmm. um, especially. I think it's 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 a pretty it's a pretty solid show, right? Um, and they're, but for every, you know, for for I think those are kind of those are doing well. I, I, I but it's it's, you know, I, I don't blame the execs. It's just like you no. know we have to you know we have because there's so many shows out there. How do you how do you drive viewers? And like it's like in. Let's let's redo all of me, which is like a you know right. I heard about that. Year old movie, you know, it's, right. you know, but you you have to if there's low hanging fruit there in a in a in that kind of um and you think yeah, I mean, well, let's let's try to sell something that that uh and it kind of it kind of feeds on itself, you know, like mm-hmm. oh these things are selling, let's find let's find titles to to mine, you know, to reboot, right. you know, and um, um it's. You know, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting time for sure. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't guarantee success, but yeah, they do have a lot of them do have that built-in fan base and at least awareness of the 
the title, the brand, what it's about, that kind of stuff. So, um, and again, like you, I'm not against them, um, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee success either. But yeah, um, yeah, and I'm actually looking forward to to Rush Hour. Um, I know, like, didn't Beverly Hills Cop? Didn't they do that last season? I don't think. It was uh, two years ago. Two years uh, ago, Sean Ryan. And it seemed, yeah. you know, that. It, and I love Sean Ryan's work. Yeah, absolutely love what it he was, does. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what exactly. I never saw that. I never right. saw that pilot. Because yeah, it never, but, uh, it never aired, right? No. It didn't get but, uh, out, but. but you think you know that was that was one of the hot titles oh, yeah. that year. Um, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm, but you know, fingers crossed. The uh, our, our uh, one of our clients is a is a staff writer on on that show. So you know, uh, that's a mid season uh, series. And and we had another client who was on uh, who was on a who was on Coach. Oh, and cool. we were like, you know, that was 13 episodes straight to series, mm-hmm. and you know, it, it, which I know, I, I know a lot of people, at least based on my my Facebook feed, were like, you know, can't wait for the show to come back, and you know, from it seemed like it, there's still there's still like a bit of a fan base, and you know, but they they put the they put the writers' room up and shot the pilot, and then the pilot tested, and I think you know. They didn't hit the numbers that they wanted, so we're just like mm. they scrapped the whole thing. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, you know, episode three or four. Right. So it's just like it's, you know, it's um, it's it's a, it's a you know, that one didn't even have a chance to 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 sort of um, to sort of find out if uh, if audiences were still were still into it or not. You know, so it's yeah. kind of a that was tough. And that's kind of the thing with TV. It's uh, for a lot of TV, it seems like it's almost a, a home run or nothing. Yeah. You know. Okay. Um, um, and now the the um, it seems like instead of instead of outright canceling the the show, they just cut the orders and let the right let it let play the out. Rest of, yeah. Yeah. You know, it seems to be kind of the um where that's where that's headed. I mean, I get I don't know if it's I don't know why that I don't know why that is necessarily, but um. But uh, but yeah, so in rush hour, getting back to rush hour, I mean, it's uh, you know that it seems to be going well, and I know our uh, our client has has had a great experience so far. It's um, you know Steve Franks who 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 ran Psych, which I'm a huge fan of. Right. Um, and everybody it seems there seems to be really um, he seems to be really going well. So fingers crossed it it does it does well mid season. Yeah, and Bill Lawrence and Bill Lawrence is awesome. So hopefully yeah. It'll... And yeah, uh, Blake McCormick, who's uh, yeah. who's who's a hell of a uh, a comedy writer. He was a showrunner on uh, on Cougar Town. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, you know, again, t- talking about uh, Supergirl, uh, was I actually thought it was great. Which is uh, you know, with a lot of those shows, it's it's tough um, to make that sort of. How do you toe that line between making uh, a comic book mo- or series with for comic book fans, but it also appeals to a broader audience? And so that's, you know, because it's not a film where you, that you obviously have a huge effects budget and it becomes this event. I think with TV, you really have to toe that line between appeasing comic book fans, but also drawing in an, an audience that's not comic book related. So, yeah, um, I mean, but, you know, but as as with as with any, you know, with any successful series i mean once you kind of get past the what happens on the on the conceptual right. level it like you know you're 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 tuning in to see those characters on a on a on a week-to-week basis and unless, unless that unless that's working then you know it's, you're you're not you don't have anything you know right you're what do you what are you what are you liking from the the new shows um hmm let's see you know with the two-year-old it's like i have to go through my dvr and uh and see which ones. Um, you know, one of the shows, it's not new, it's in the second season, but I've actually dug a lot that uh, came back was Last Man on Earth. I liked a lot. Yeah. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, a new show, uh, Grinder. I actually like yeah. Grinder on Fox. That's I'm, a like, show. I'm liking it a lot. It's yeah. so, so funny. It's so great seeing Fred Savage on. Oh, yeah. He's fantastic. And, and he, he and Rob Lowe have great chemistry. Yeah, absolutely. So but it throws that line between kind of you know it's it, it's sort of it's it has just enough edge to kind of you know mm-hmm. uh, but it's pretty, it's a pretty sweet show you right. know right um, um, for the most part yeah I like Rosewood um, I'm sort of also 
uh, I don't want to say biased, but I, I watch a lot more shows that, you know, people that I know work on. Um, yeah. And uh, so you gotta you got to support, uh, you know, your friends and colleagues and things like that. Um, what else? Uh, Undateable Live, I think, is, is awesome because it's live, which is so rare, uh, you know, to have a, a sitcom, not a sort of a variety show of the SNL ver- variety but a sitcom to be live so i think that's very cool um if, yeah i need to check that out i've, I've heard uh i've heard good things about it yeah what, what are you watching um i mean i'm i'm walking dead is is uh, oh yeah that's always fantastic it's always you know i i sort of i think it finally hit its creative stride last year i i you know i'd always kind of watched it and yeah. i would i would leave it for a period of time and come back to it and then you know i would always get sucked back into it and now i'm like you know i have to i i pretty much watch it i, I watch it the day it airs yeah sure. um and and you know i like i like to fear the walking dead um mm-hmm. i thought it was a different you know i think people were, were a little upset that it wasn't uh you know why don't these people know about these how to kill zombies? Like why they're like upset that they're not you know they're not getting shooting zombies with crossbows yet. Right, right. Uh, but uh, but I thought it was a it was a cool uh, you know I enjoyed that those six episodes. Mm-hmm. I'll make you one recommendation that is like like a lot of people don't you know a lot of people don't see the show because they don't have because I happen to have Directv but I think you can get it on Amazon. It's yeah. uh, thing called Kingdom. Kingdom. Um, okay, I've heard of it. Network. Yeah, it's. It's awesome. It's um, it's a it's a show about a family family run uh, mixed martial arts gym in Venice. Really interesting. It's really really well done. It's uh, it's great cast. Um, Is it a drama or comedy? Drama. Okay. Uh, so you know that that's one. Seek that one out for sure. Kingdom, um, gotcha. Yeah, and that's one. That's one. I've been. I got my girlfriend sucked to it and everything. <laughs> and, um, you know. How, so, how uh, far along is it? Uh, just they just started season two. Okay. Cool. Uh, and um, I think what else I've have a whole lot of time to to watch a whole lot of TV lately. So yeah. it's uh, those, those, those been the you know as far as the new shows I haven't quite. I need to watch Supergirl. Um, mm-hmm. It just I, it just I, premiered I, yesterday, so. Yeah. Uh, but I, I everyone's talking about it now. I need to. Yeah. But it's not at least it. at least there's not a lot to catch up on. You don't have to watch six episodes yeah, so far. Um, um, but um, but yeah, that's uh, that, that's mostly kind of what I've, uh, I've been watching lately. Right on. Yeah, I mean, if we were to go back and you know pick our favorite stuff, you know, stuff that we're excited to come back. I mean, obviously we're all waiting for Game of Thrones and Better Call Saul and stuff like that. So um, there's just so much good TV on. So much good TV. Goodness gracious. And even the stuff that's not, again, in that top echelon of, again, the Better Call Sauls, the Walking Deads, even the stuff that's sort of below that on the next rung of, like, you wouldn't put it as, like, this is iconic TV, it's still yeah. really good. Even th- it's something like something like Bosch on Amazon, like, you wouldn't... Right. Like, like no one's really talking about that no. show, but, like, you know, but it's really well done. It's a, right. cop, it's a cop show. It's a... It's a I actually think it's one of the it's it's a it's a really good performer for for Amazon. Um, it's uh, uh, they because because the, those Michael Connelly books have done so well. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. people actually will, will seek it out. And it's it's some it exists kind of you know it's not not quite the wire necessarily, but like it's not it, you know it's it's not your run of the mill police procedural. You know, and that, right. even that's like. That that's good, you know, and I guess the um, the tricky thing, though, is sort of going back to our initial conversation about like, you know, but the there being so much TV is like, you know, there's there's a lot of really good TV out there. How do you, you know, uh, how do you kind of break away from the pack and and sort of stand out, you know? And, right. And, um, it's uh, that's the that's the. I mean, I think you know, Manhattan's a great show on WGN, you mm-hmm. know, but a lot of get WGN it's, right uh, and how do you uh, you know I, I you try to you try to tell people about these about these shows because you want them to to survive but it's it's uh, um, but you also have to like I feel like for every for every Game of Thrones or or, or Walking Dead there are, there are some that are just like 
pretty good that, right. that just don't quite that don't quite get there. Um, and uh, it's tough. It's a lot of you know so much competition out there, which is good. You know, good in a way for for people like me who you know have have writers who are kind of you know emerging or. Um, but I've but I've noticed that at least over over the last several months that that people want to people want to be in business with known entities. I mean, for example, I, I you know I one of my one of my clients and dear dear friends, who's my very first client, is you know wrote a wrote a script about Elliot Ness and the, the Cleveland Torso murders. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know that story, but it was. Um, uh, Great script. He wrote this just kick-ass thirty-page Bible, and um, and he he's gotten he's gotten a lot of fans off of it, and met you know met a ton of people, and you know we we uh, were, weren't really kind of able to get the the interest behind it. And to Boardwalk Empire was still in the air at the time, and um, you know, but then there were a couple of you know last year a, a couple of uh, the same same. Uh, projects of the same arena sold, but and one of them, one of them was Dennis Lehane. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, it's if you're if you're a network, it's like uh, if you're if you're selling a if you're selling this to an audience, like the one from Dennis Lehane is is going to is going to be more, you know, conceivably more appealing to uh, uh, to your audience in terms of a marketing standpoint, you know, sure, or. Uh, from from you know from the director of Justified and and the the writer of Gone Baby Gone and Mystic Rivers right you know this same story even though even though my client wrote wrote the hell out of that pilot and uh, you know and everyone is impressed by this uh, by this series document that he wrote mm-hmm. uh, it's it's uh, it's, it's a you know, you know I guess it's always in a similar situation like uh, someone at a uh, with this script, we we got some interest. Someone spoke to uh, we had uh, the producer speak to someone at a network who shall go unnamed. Uh, and uh, uh, what do you think about this idea? Uh, and this uh, this exec said, "Well, if, if uh, you know if Bill Monahan wrote it, yeah, we'd be really into it." <laughs> right. Um, that's so you love hearing that. I'm sure everybody. Yeah. Else. Yeah. Well. Uh, you have to, you know, that's, that's always a fun call to make. Sorry, you're not, you know, sorry, you're not Bill Monahan. Right. You know? Yeah, but great. No that he's had an amazing career, and you know, it's, uh, it, but it's, you know, it's hard, it's hard to, you know, I feel like that's that's gotten even more. Right. If that's the bar, better. then great. Yeah. Yeah. And how are you supposed to get to that point? Right. You know? Exactly. So, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's but it's a, it's but there are a, a ton of. Avenues out there for, um, for you know, the, the competition is good. HBO, who, you know, it used to be, well, you know, we're HBO. That's you know, people bring us stuff. Like we're, you know, we have to. People will come to us. We don't have to go get it. And now they have competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they can't just they can't just sit back and and you know now there's Netflix who 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 will be competitive and you know they. They're not the only they're not the only game in town anymore. Now there's Hulu and uh, who who are you know making some big um, making big strides. Stride. Obviously Amazon who you know they're they're in business, they're in business with you know and I I love the I like what Amazon's doing. But even you know and then every all their projects you know just sort of like with big filmmakers for the most part you know they're they're, right. they're trying to they're trying to drive again trying to drive those. Um, uh, those uh, those viewers, you know. Mm-hmm. However, they can get them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, you had mentioned that obviously development season is sort of sl- winding itself down. Um, it was slower this year than in years past um, in terms of the the buying uh, studios. And cable has sort of its own sort of schedule, although again, a lot of the buying is done at this time of year. Uh, what is it like for the internet uh, companies? You know, the Hulu's, the Netflix's, the Amazon Prime's. What sort of uh, development schedule do they follow, or do they not have a development schedule and they just develop year-round? Doesn't seem. I mean, it seems like they develop year-round. Obviously, you know, you're not going to take them a pitch. You know, December fifteenth or anything. Right. You know, but, uh, uh, the, you know, for we just we just pitched something to Hulu last week. Mm. Uh, we these. 
we pitched something to Amazon also also uh, also last week. Um we you know, they're they're they seem to be pretty pretty open year round. I don't need I honestly don't don't even bother going to Netflix to be honest. I mean, because I, I the they they for the most part they want their uh, they want they want things packaged up. You, mm-hmm. you know, with rare exception, I mean, you you buy um, they buy a, they buy scripts with um, with with bibles and attachments and show, you know showrunners and it's mm-hmm. it's 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 a bit more um, you know like Sense Eight, which is another uh, another cool show that that uh, that, that Netflix put out uh, earlier this year. Um, definitely worth worth checking out. So mm-hmm. you know, uh, have, you, have you seen it? Uh, no, I haven't seen it actually. It's on my list. I do have Netflix, and it's sitting in my queue. But it's one of those ones that I just haven't got to yet. Um, it's it's uh, definitely worth. Uh, starts off slow, but definitely worth it uh, ultimately. That's good so. to know because some shows you're like it starts off slow, and you're like I probably should watch this, and I've heard good things about it, but you know, what am I not getting? The Wire was the same way, and if you you know the first few episodes were like. I don't know what everyone was talking about, why this was so awesome, because I didn't watch it in its first run. But then when yeah. you get into it, you're like, wow, this is some of the best TV ever. Yeah, Sensei's got some some pretty amazing character work. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It's worth, uh, you know, maybe anyone who's anyone who's writing, you know, it might worth checking out. It's definitely the best thing that Wachowski's done in, in, in quite some time. Um, cool. And, uh, but, um, but uh, anyway. Um... I was going to ask you something. Um, oh, in terms of uh, taking material out for your, uh, you know, newer clients, let's say um, clients that aren't established, uh, is do you have them have a pilot, or is it more about pitching? Like, what what's more common for you to take out for uh, a newer writer? Um. Or both. I mean, do they have to have both? Tricky. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you, you know, we tend to we tend to play more in the darker drama mm-hmm. base, um, and we have we have specs for the for the most part. I mean, we have we try to we try to have we try to develop really good spec scripts to to take out um, to. You know, to package and some, you know, some of those, uh, you know, to sort of varying results. Um, people always will, for the most part, really like the writing, and you know, uh, and it, it exists as a good introduction to to them, to to executives and and um, and, and whatnot. But it, it seems like uh, it seems like the pitch is kind of more. Is more prevalent, especially if you're pitching to broadcast. Uh, is is you know is more about the it's more about the idea than you know than wanting to see a whole a whole season executed. You know, because mm-hmm. I've, I've got a couple of queries of like I've written the first six episodes. And <laughs> like, yeah, you don't need to do that because <laughs> um, uh, you know because a, a network's going to want to put their put their stamp on it, and you right. you know you have to. Um, I, I think, yeah, it does. It does kind of. It does help to be, you know, to have your have your shit together on the page. But also, like I would, you know, being being able to pitch uh, and tell a story in a room and hold it, hold an exact attention is like that's like the the, the holy grail of if you're good at both those things, then like mm-hmm. you know, you're 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 well on your way. Um, it's, um, you know, we have, we have one, we have one client who's really good at it and who, who treats it as a performance and who he, he, he brings out a, a big board and will, um, you know, spends his own money to, uh, to put this board together and, you know, like a big, big visual and, you know, he'll Velcro the characters' names up as he introduces them, which I think is like the biggest, the biggest attention like the thing that causes people 
people to lose track mm-hmm. the train of thought during pitches gotcha. is like gotcha. they don't they can't keep keeping track of the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's this person? Why are, you know? Um, and so like he, and, but he 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 rehearses it like a performance, and mm-hmm. he'll he he um, he'll rehearse it, you know, several times a day for a month until he and then you know he, until he gets it gets it where he you know he he'll he'll pitch it to friends and we'll we'll hear we'll hear it and then you know the production company and they'll they'll weigh in and the studio and and then um uh but um you know i and now it's like if you have if you have an idea i mean that's you know it's always kind of preferable to especially for pitching to broadcast uh that's that's always i guess it's just dependent on the idea um uh, and now I'm, I'm every like I wish I could if I had like a dollar for every every time. Just this week I've heard uh, no more period, no more period, mm. no more period. Uh, people are just saturated with period pieces right now, and they just want they just want contemporary. Um, so it's like I feel like I haven't really answered the question adequately. It's uh, you know people <laughs> people want for you know for for the young for the younger writers that we have, I mean, it's always like, you need to show you can write. Right. Um, so that's the, that's the main thing. And then you, you know, have, uh, so we always, we always try to like, work on, getting that, getting that first script tight before we worry about anything else, you know? Mm. Um, and, but I, I, going forward, you know, you should, I mean, you always, always, always. You should always be writing. You can't rely on that one sample right. to sort of like last you. Like, if you're, if you're, you should always have a, a. You should always be writing. Don't rely. You know, you can't just write this one script and just pitch everything from now on. Um, you, we always encourage people to constantly be writing. But um, I think as you, you do kind of have to get more. Uh, more comfortable, kind of more comfortable pitching, uh, and we we encourage we encourage we're trying to do more of that. That makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, now we've been talking a lot about TV. Um, I get questions, and I'm, you may as well, quite often from aspiring writers, and I say writers because they may not have written anything yet um or they may have but are are sort of still confused and they ask should i write a film like a feature screenplay or a television series and i usually respond whatever your idea is whatever you're passionate about is what you should target you shouldn't target it based on what you think the marketplace is looking for a lot of them think oh there's so much tv and so many outlets out there so maybe i should write a uh Tell a pilot as opposed to a feature, but all logic points to for newer writers, it's it's sort of easier to not, and it's not easy at all. Don't let me, I'm not trying yeah. to say it's easy at all. It's incredibly difficult, but it's easier uh, to break in as a new writer in in features than it is in television. Um, but what do you advise, like a client coming to you and saying, or a young writer saying, should I write a feature or a pilot, and why? Um, you know what? What stories do you want to tell? Right. I guess will be by my next question. Like, what, what do you, what do you have? I, I would, I would say, let's let's go through and, and talk about all of the ideas you have. Which ones kind of the, which you know, a which one most excites you, mm-hmm. and which you know, which ones really kind of are you. Are you close to and something you something you feel like only you can tell and uh, and you just you just have to tell the story and it's kind of getting us talking and getting a sense of that um, and then just you know because um, we 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 know we we want to be we want to get to a point at least in the the company um, is talking having having someone working on a, a, a pilot and. A feature simultaneously. Now, not everyone can do that, but um, because right. people just want to be working on one thing at a time, and 
um, which you know you have to you have to be mindful. Like everyone's different, but um, um, I would say like just looking at the looking at the ideas, which ones lens you know what's the most you know because often you can just like you, there's that gut feeling when you read a log line, you're like, that's a, that's a freaking movie or that's, that's mm-hmm. a TV show I haven't seen. And like, what's that one you kind of automatically connect to? And what's the one that we, you know, we, we go through and just, um, is, and all agree that like, this is, this is the one you need to be writing. Like that's kind of our, our role. And as managers is, is, is kind of, is trying to be strategic about what exactly you're writing. And now, and we try to, you know, Sometimes we, like, we we know that like maybe this is the most commercial thing, but we we know we're not. Um, but if someone's passionate about writing it, we try to like we try to encourage encourage as much as, as much as possible. If or if you know someone if if a writer's yeah we're this is the most not uncommercial thing, and you're not gonna you're not gonna sell this, and like there's no chance, and like. Yeah, we'll we'll dissuade we'll try to dissuade them, but uh, you know we try to be we try to be supportive of of their ideas or just like you know keep keep thinking of along these lines, keep thinking you know you should like yeah, like steering trying to steer them away from period pieces. Uh, you know I I and I've also realized that like if if you've got a good whether you've got a good pilot if you got a good pilot feature people will meet with you. If you've got a good feature TV people will meet with you. That's a, you know it's not mm-hmm. like an either or scenario you know um, right. it's uh, there there's only been you know if, if you've got a if you've got a great feature script that some, that people are talking about then you know certain TV people will be interested and, and vice versa we've um, or if you've got a play um, mm-hmm. uh, that you know execs execs love playwrights I found because I, I I do too just because. You know, I feel like there's kind of nowhere to hide <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a play. You know, it's you can. I feel like you can disguise. Uh, you know, you do disguise things about in, in in a screenplay that you can't in a uh, in a play. Yeah, you know, and it's just you know, it's you and the, the you and the characters. Um, right. Not many. So. Not many uh, set pieces and VFX yeah. to hide behind in a. <laughs> Yeah, all, care, all character works out right. there for kind of everyone to see. Right. Oh. Um, I wanted to touch base quickly. You had mentioned a lot of execs saying no more period stuff. What other stuff should – I mean, obviously writers should write what they're passionate about, what they have, what they believe in, what, what they feel is their story to tell. But if they can avoid – like if they have two or three ideas that they're, they're playing with – what should writers like in the marketplace right now stay away from? They shouldn't write period pieces. They shouldn't write. I've heard mixed things about westerns. I've heard you know different things. What, what yeah. should they stay away from? We we uh, I, l- I learned I learned the hard way about about the well not really the hard way. I mean, which you know someone wrote a, a client it was very very talented. And the script is awesome and it's a really it's a really cool female driven western that um, you know. Was, People are just like I don't. This is amazing. I don't know what to do with it. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know. I generally, yeah. Westerns. Um, it, I. I don't know. For me, like I, I just like I feel like there's a lot of sci-fi out there right now. Like mm-hmm. I'm just. I, I don't know. I'm. Uh, yeah, I mean, sci-fi and fantasy and superhero-y stuff seems yeah. to feel fall into that category unless it. Has an IP that's successful, it, it's a really yeah. tough sell, I think. Uh, totally. I mean, unless you're unless you're really kind of bringing something new to the table. I mean, I I, I know there's a little, you know a lot of a lot of sci-fi still sells. There were there were a few time travel things that sold mm-hmm. this year. Um, uh, I, yeah, I mean, sci-fi. Damn it, that's it's kind of it for the most part. I mean, and the period thing, like we, some of the, some of the best, the best things, the best pieces we have are period pieces. And it's, you know, it's hard to, um, and people, people seem to be still making them. Uh, but it, it, you know, everyone, I'm, you know, all the agents and foreign, 
foreign salespeople are just like, you know, we're, we're, we're just inundated. Uh, and we, we, you know, it needs to kind of, I think it needs to kind of cool off and everything kind of goes through cycles. Right. That's true. Um, but, um, you Lots know, of zombie stuff right there, <laughs> since of the Walking uh, Dead. Yeah, so I mean that that's crazy too because I I have a um, a feature that um, where this really cool it's like a I just I picture this John Wick meets I Am Legend. It's about a um, it's based on a hmm. series of books and it's like it's not necessarily zombie centric. It's more about this guy who's kind of holding himself in this in this cabin in this like post zombie apocalypse, but he's lived there for four you know four or five years and like he's been managed to kind of survive and it's more his story um but you know even even you know the top rated the top rated show on tv there's a spinoff there's uh there's so many people like ah we use the zombie the zombie trend is dying out (laughs) um it's that's that's the uh you know based on based on what like i don't (laughs) um doesn't seem to you know, Boy Scouts vs. Zombies is coming out. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, is it Sense and Sensibility? No. Oh, Pride and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice zombies. and Zombies. Yeah, that one's coming out. Totally. Um, but we 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 reached the we reached the max capacity for zombies. We're just going to keep making them though. Um, right. <laughs> so, uh, but it's you know it's it's uh, it's more the for me and why I think why we why we took on that writer is like, you know, we, we have something that kind of spoke to me from a character perspective and how he was able to, it's, it's a, it's a very dark comedy, um, that happened to have these kind of horrific, uh, elements to it, but it's more kind of the, the way he approached that character first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a guy who's kind of lonely and is, he's a, he's in, he's a, uh, in order to combat his loneliness, has become a raging alcoholic, and uh, meets some meets meets a woman uh, and saves her from these bad people. And you know, it, the second act kind of becomes a love story, and um, you know, him kind of learning to uh, learning to love again, and and you know, and then what happens when that is taken away from him, and uh, you know, it's much much much, and, and the, the the zombies are very much backgrounded, but. Uh, um, again, that's that's uh, you know, again, even a zombie story. It's like how do you how how do you connect to a character on an emotional level? And I, I read that I read I, I hardly ever read anything in one sitting. I was like I was I was I was hooked by like page two or three, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one we're we're putting together with a pretty um, pretty um, notable production company right now. I'm hooked, fingers crossed. It's, this happens. I have some pretty um, have some actors reading it right now. So very cool. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers both both hands. Fingers crossed. Yeah, totally. Um, before we get too far astray, I wanted to talk about something specific that we talked on the last podcast that you uh, you told me after the fact. You're like, it's one of those things where you were put on the spot. Great story. You don't think about it when you're on the spot. You think about it like two seconds afterwards. And when I asked you, what is the most Hollywood story you can share? And you, again, contact, you You know, we talked afterwards. And you're like, oh, the one, you know, I had a great one. And I went, Sly Stallone, set it up, go. What is? Yes. Okay. Um, so I had a I had a friend who, uh, not, not a friend. I mean, he's, he's an acquaintance. I haven't talked to him in a while. But um, mm-hmm. we, uh, we talked more when when I was working in development, but uh, he was pitching a take on Rambo five. Okay. And, uh, and he had to, he had to go to Stallone's uh, house and, and, you know, go to his office and, uh, and uh, met, met Sly there and they, they went in and he, he Sly sits at his desk and he, uh, he sits across from him and, uh, and, the, and Sly, Sly offers him a cigar. He's like, you smoke, and um, he's like, Nah, I don't, I don't, I don't really smoke. And uh, he cuts the tip off. Like, there's this long period of silence where he's like cutting the tip off and slowly lighting it up. And Sly just takes a big puff and goes, <laughs> blows it right in my friend's face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's the story. Oh goodness. 
Um, um, yeah, I've 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 heard stories uh, about Mr. Stallone, um, but uh, you know, uh, I, I guess when we had talked after the fact, I relayed my Van Damme story, which is not really is. I mean, I guess it is a Hollywood story, but. Um, Getting run, almost getting run over by Van Damme twice in like a span of a week, once in front wow. of Peninsula Hotel back when CIA was over on Wilshire and I used to work there. Him driving his, uh, he had a, I think it was a convertible Mercedes if I remember correctly. It was years ago. And then the same, uh, we were, me and some friends were hanging out on Sunset and uh, he was coming out of one, I don't know, I don't remember which uh, place it was, you know, and just almost running us over there twice. He's like, holy crap, that's Van Damme. And it was twice. He almost ran me over, so. Uh, my ex-girlfriend had a Van Damme story. Uh, she used to work at a movie theater in like Northridge, or um, when she was in high school, and uh, like she had to, she had to like have like Sean Claude apparently would just like walk into the theater and not pay, mm-hmm. and oh. like you know, like but I am Jean Claude Van Damme, you know, I am entitled to free movies, uh, oh, but she had she had to have him physically removed, <laughs> um, uh, and. Um, can I can I can I tell uh, can I can I share this? Oh yeah. Cameron? Uh, so uh, this is this obviously never had this. I was like five years old at the time, so this obviously didn't never happen to me. But I read um, Cameron's Jim Cameron's biography. This is right right when Avatar came out, mm. um, and just the story of how how aliens uh, got made is is pretty is pretty incredible. I mean, because um, they. Cameron was, I mean, the Terminator was like a hot script at the time, and he had met with Walter Hill, and, and um, there's the, um, he didn't know kind of what he was, you know, wound up pitching, uh, pitching a take on Aliens, and uh, um, but halfway through writing it, he Terminator got greenlit, and he went off to direct it, and he was like, well, I'm, I'm like, I'm halfway done, you know, you, See what I've done so far. If you like it, great. If if not, uh, you know you can throw it away. So they read it and they're like, yeah, we'll wait. <laughs> uh, and uh, and so he he went off to direct Terminator. And then you know once Terminator came out, and became this huge. You know, became the hit that it did. That he was you know he had more leverage to kind of to to uh, to, to ask to direct. And uh, I think he and Gail and Heard were going on their honeymoon. Mm. He had met, or no, wait. He he had met with he met with Gorney Weaver about about uh, about coming back as Ripley, and she was like, ah, "I'm like I'm 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 a pacifist. I'm I'm I don't really like the the guns. You know, there's there's so much violence in this thing." Right. And uh, and he he eventually sold her on the on the the, the kind of uh, Ripley as as mother kind of aspect of it. Um, so he and Gail and her were going on their honeymoon, and uh, he, uh, he Fox had still not made an offer to Zagorny Weaver, and so uh, he's like, he tells the he tells the execs uh, if if unless her deal is done when when Gail and I get back, then I'm I'm quitting the movie. <laughs> wow. uh, and then so they 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 leave, come back, offer still not made. Um, and he, Cameron gets on the phone and calls Arnold's agent, who was uh, at ICM, and as was Sigourney Weaver's agent, and uh, was just kind of like, yeah, I'm just going to like recast, uh, I think I'm just going to recast um, Ripley as a guy. <laughs> and uh, the, the agent walks down to, uh, walks down to the, his, his colleague, and the deal gets done that day. Um, and But like, can you imagine like someone... In, the, in today's environment, like well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna walk, and then you know, right. he's gonna be like, oh, okay, bye. Right, absolutely. Uh, uh, and um, and apparently the 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 production was like it was they shot at uh, Pinewood Studios. Oh, and, and it was a lot of like, yeah, it was a lot of you know this this kind of this hard charging American uh, uh, Ordering around uh, some, these these Brits who are like used to you know working on James Bond movies and and taking tea <laughs> tea breaks <laughs> and uh, and there was almost a mutiny at some point uh, but they I mean they they and on the the last day of of shooting um, 
uh, Cameron gets up in front of uh, in front of the crew and it gets and it like it's like standing on a table or something. He's like, "Well, we did it. Um, you know, it was tough, uh, but I can uh, I can rest easy knowing that I'm going to uh, I'm going back to America and you assholes have to stay here." <laughs> Uh, so that, that was, that's my that's like one of one of my favorite like Cameron and there's there's like a, there's a ton in that book right. and like I, I I you know that have that have kind of stuck with me. like him just him like physically uh, physically manhandling Schwarzenegger at one point oh wow uh, and there's there's a ton of those uh, the book's called The Futurist so um, okay. it's uh, worth worth checking out um, just about kind of like he's he's a genius and could be could be doing anything you wanted to right but chose to be making movies yeah I mean, um, he's, he's he started off as an art director i think or something like that didn't he yeah he was like a production designer production designer roger corman movies yeah um and then you know and then got a chance to uh i think corman gave him a chance to direct oh he's also like a um he was a matte painter or something on oh. uh on escape from new york oh okay john, um, john carpenter right yeah no oh. Um, but um, that's that's like one of my favorite um, my favorite stories. He's he's such a um, like I, I, I mainly because like I, I can't imagine a um, you know a, because of the, the the studios the studio system has changed so much that like I feel like the director's almost interchangeable uh, in in to a certain to a certain degree. You know, it's, it's like if someone's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm walking off the movie, and they're like, okay, well. Uh, you know, see you later. I just unless you're David Fincher, right, or Cameron, um, a lister. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I feel like I'll, I feel like the you know you could sort of like uh, I guess like in the I don't know if it's because it, so it'd be interesting to study the kind of the dynamics of how this is how this has kind of evolved over the years. But like I feel like you can sort of you can be you can be a handful. You know, but like if you're an asshole, like no one wants to work with you, then like you know you're not gonna, no one's gonna work with you. And right. I feel like that back in back in the day, you could, you know, you could be, you could you could be mean and an asshole and like throw things like in the the sort of Scott Rudin, Joel Silver era. Uh, you can, you know, but that's not that's really not accepted. I don't know if it's just a, a function of us evolving as a, uh, you know, as an industry or. You know, but um, I don't know. It's, I, I'm, I'm curious to kind of like if someone ever did, did a, a like an expose on on how I'm sure that and I'm sure there's plenty of still scumbag behavior that goes on. But right. uh, you know, I guess because people, you know, social media and you know more kind of uh, things, you know, you can't you can't really keep things secret anymore. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um. It's, it's funny you mentioned that uh, Cameron had, I don't want to say hard, no hard time in in London. I just remember a story of uh, Brett Ratner. I think it was Rush Hour Two, whichever one was in France, said it was the hardest thing he's ever done because the you know French film crews work you know because normally in 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 Hollywood you have a, a twelve hour workday, um, generally speaking. Um, but in France, it's like eight hours, and they have like a an hour long like wine and cheese break, and a, there's a nap. I'm sure he's exaggerating to some degree, but he's like you get about four to six hours of good work out of them a day, and then that's it. So he's like it's, it took forever. <laughs> but uh, I imagine that, and, and, and like the and those and those and those huge movies are so slow anyway. It's not like right. it's not like Rat, Ratner's getting five pages a day or anything. No. You know, it's a uh, you think you know you you shoot uh, you maybe get maybe uh, a half a page and a half. yeah a page yeah. and a half if it's dialogue stuff and maybe yeah. a half page if you're doing like stunts and you know other complex stuff wow yeah. but I mean uh, with the French crew I mean who knows how slow it went <laughs> uh, they, they they got the right idea yeah you know, they do they we're do. Uh, you know they actually they should give their employees uh, proper vacation right. We could learn something from them. Absolutely. Um, I'm all about the siesta, though. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm. I think we could, uh, like, if I could carve out 15, 20 minutes a day for a power nap, and like, I'm all, I'm all about that. I think Just you, would, rest, you rest would have hard. every, 
every uh, writer filmmaker in town knocking, beating down your door to be a client, if you could get that included in contracts, you know, my client gets a thirty-minute siesta every single day. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's you're, like, you're, a bre- you're a breach of contract. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I try to. I try to do. I haven't haven't had a chance to do it recently, but um, you know, usually I call. I'll, as as the day's kind of winding down, I'll just like shut my eyes for for twenty minutes, and it's like a ama- it's like amazing what what that does for you. Sure. Um, and it, you know, so you know, we're we're so go 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 all the time, and you know, I'm, I'm certainly guilty of it myself. And like, you you try to get as much done as you can during the day, but man, that um, that 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 rest is so valuable. Yeah. Um. Uh. And I I, I feel like we're uh. We're all sleep deprived. Yeah, I mean, imagine you you with a kid. It's yeah, you're at a premium. Yeah, between the site, the podcast, my kid, writing, and you know, it's just yeah, it's your goal from the morning, from the from the minute you wake up in the morning at you know eight o'clock in the morning till you go to bed at two or three, you know, I'm doing something. Um, so it's pretty crazy. You, you go to, you're up until two, three in the morning. Yeah, usually two. Um, sometimes if I'm really busy and I have a lot going on, I can be up to two or three, I mean, three or four, but usually one or two is pretty standard. Yeah, same here. Yeah. I, try, I, I, I hate, I hate, uh, you know, I wish I could get up earlier, but yeah. I also hate going to bed early. So, like, I, I can't, I can't, uh, it's, it's a, you know, I can't really adjust my in, internal clock. Right. Uh, it's, uh. You know, if I, I hate because uh, I, I don't get a whole, I don't have a whole lot of chance to do actual like work, work like during the day with you know either reading or watching things or right. uh, you know I'm always, I'm always on the phone and don't really have a lot of um, you know so I use that use that time to work out or or, or read or it's um, it's hard you know it should be, uh, trying to be efficient with your time is like the biggest challenge I Absolutely. think for me. Um, but, um, um, one fun question that I wanted to throw you before we start to wrap it up because we're starting to run short on time here. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite Bill Murray flick? I mean, gotta go Ghostbusters, man. Nice. Well, what do you uh, think about this? The, the, there's that sequel. Oh, not the sequel. It's uh, uh, the remake with with uh, who's all in it? I mean, some great like uh, 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 Kristen Wiig, Kristen Wiig um, and. Um, Kate McKinnon, who I think is fantastic. Uh, who else yeah. is in that? I mean, uh, Leslie Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Who's the um, fourth one? Uh, it, uh, Melissa McCarthy. Oh, how could we not remember Melissa McCarthy? Yeah, but anyway, uh, she's she's amazing. But anyway, what's your take on that? Any any feelers on that? I don't know. I'm I'm one of those like goes goes such a uh, iconic franchise, iconic part of my childhood. I yeah. mean, yeah, I. I, I I, I wrote. I remember writing the, you know, like I had I had the toys and like I would I I, I wore that VHS tape out and it was mm-hmm. like, um, I remember like like at one point I, because I'd seen the movie so many times and like I I, I wanted for some reason I, I I had the notion to like write the entire movie like uh like as if I was writing a. You know, I guess writing the screenplay. I don't know what it was like writing Ghostbusters on on paper from you know from scratch. And like I had you know I had all the all the dialogue memorized, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, that was kind of my that was like my first foray into into writing. But um, and you know it's such a, it it still it still holds up. It's uh, I go back and watch it like every you know once once a year or so, and mm-hmm. it, uh, it, and I. I know I love I love it so much. I mean, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, that said, I mean, I'm like I'm. You know, a lot of people who are like, oh man, fuck, fuck this, uh, this, this reboot or whatever. It's like I'm, I'm curious to see it. I'll, uh, you yeah. know, like I, I withhold my judgment if it's, you know, if it's, it's not good, I'll complain about it. But like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna waste my time worrying about it uh, now. Right. And you know, I'm sure, like, I, I like Paul Feig's movies, and I think I love the, I love the idea of the the female cast and I, I heard it was like it was not quite it's more it's a reboot but like kind of also kind of a sequel um and you know Dan Aykroyd's going to be we're going to be in it and like which you know like I'm sure it's going to be 
I'm sure it's going to be funny and like it's like the closest thing we'll get to a, a Ghostbusters. Real sequel, and, right. Yeah. Especially and, with uh, Harold Ramis, you know. Yeah. Awesome. Bummer. Um, yeah. And uh, he, he, so I'm 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 excited about it. Another uh, well, okay, Ghostbusters and. Groundhog Day so good. Mm-hmm. Kingpin. Come. That's underrated. Uh, That's underrated. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Uh, Big Bigger and McCracken. Um, <laughs> I, I, those are these. Those are those are probably my. Um, uh, I actually just watched. Um, um, I just watched uh, Saint Vincent uh, a couple months ago, which oh, I yeah. quite a bit. But, I didn't um, see that. How was that? Uh, really good. He was. Uh, he was he was great. Um, you sort of you sort of know where it's going. You, you know, it's uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he plays this curmudgeon who befriends uh, the the new kid next door and and you know sort of learns to be slightly less curmudgeonly uh, over the course of the movie. And, right. and uh, but you you know it, I think it's as good as he's been in a long time. Awesome. Uh, and uh, I, I I dug it quite a bit, but. Um, you know, number one, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do Ghostbusters, I think. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Um. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um. I mean, you can go back to even like Stripes and Groundhog. I mean, uh, uh, Caddyshack. I mean, there's just so much good Bill Murray stuff, and so much of it is again that that iconic comedy background that it's it's hard to, to just pick one. Um, even the even the little things. Like the, you know, I remember like when I was in grad school, I, I I checked out the Ghostbusters screenplay from the uh, from the library there, and and just you know was was reading through it, and like all the all those awesome moments of of him um, him with uh, uh, Sigourney Weaver in her apartment, where he's like you know um, he's doing the, the thing with the piano, and uh, that you know where he. Should, he uh, that's the bedroom, but nothing ever happens in there. What a crime! That's all. I saw him like, and I am madly in love with you. Uh, like that, those things were all him. Mm-hmm. Just, just you know, just coming out with that stuff on on the on the on the spot, or like, um, you know, when they're when they're leaving to, when they've convinced the mayor that uh, that they they need to go, let them out, let them out of jail so they can go um, fight the ghost, fight right. the ghost. You know, and he's like, he's at the. Let's, come on, let's run some red lights. Like that's all, you know. <laughs> he, he just doesn't. He just he, he's br- he's brilliant, you yeah. know. Um, which you know uh, he, but I think but I don't know. Oh shit, Scrooge! I forgot about Scrooge. Oh yeah, that was yeah, another. There's, there's uh, so many big friends. Yeah. Hmm. But uh, I could go. I could go on about. It. Oh, I'm sure. And you know, sometimes it's it's the little ones that you don't think about that are some of the best. Like one of my favorite Jack Nicholson roles is uh uh what is the one where he uh retires and gets the RV uh, about Schmidt, about Schmidt. It's such a fantastic film and it's so sort yeah. of overlooked because he's done so many great films, but you know, that's yeah. probably one of my favorite roles of his. Like yeah. like Costner, you know, uh, this I think it was a Clint Eastwood movie called A Perfect World where he played like this oh, yeah. robber on the run. He's fantastic in that. Um, totally. and, or Underrated. Silverado. Silverado is a fantastic film. So, uh, But yeah, you uh, don't think, you think about him with, you know, Dances with Wolves or, um, you know, uh, A Field of Dreams and stuff. And yet, again, I think Perfect World, he was just fantastic in. You know, one of his best uh, roles. I agree. It's, uh, I think it got kind of, I think it sort of, that got kind of it was the first movie Clint Eastwood had done after Unforgiven, and I think it just got kind of just got kind of buried. Um, yeah, not buried. I mean, I, I know people like it, but it just it just didn't quite have the impact it should have. Right. Uh, he was, um, yeah, he was he was great. Um, yeah. So, uh, um, what uh, what uh, I went uh, I watched JFK uh, hmm. recently, and um, you know that's another one that's yeah really really underrated it's three hours of people just talking about other other people and, <laughs> yeah. and uh it's like it's compelling as hell you know yeah absolutely uh, um but um but yeah let's uh we, we should we should talk about this uh 
over uh, over drinking sometimes. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, we can even we'll, maybe we'll even record a podcast over drinks or something. Part three, the uh, the trilogy. Yeah, the, the trilogy. trilogy. Absolutely, absolutely. Keep it.